Hi, this is Barbara Davis. I'm the executive minister here at the First Presbyterian Church in the city of New York, and uh, happy to welcome you again today to our new podcast, First the Questions. Uh, this is episode two, and I'm here with Sophia Canfield, our interim director of communications. Uh, hi, Sophia. Hello, it's good to be back. We're here so quickly again. I'm so excited. Here we are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, today's going to be a little bit different from last week. Last week we talked about a few questions that came out of uh, one of our adult education classes, one of our Bible studies. Today, the questions are about you, Barbara. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> I'm excited to ask you. Um, I'm just going to go over a couple of the questions, just very general. Mm-hmm. Where are you going on sabbatical? <laughs> The big question. Yes. And what do you do on sabbatical? Um, if those who are listening don't know, Barbara is finally taking her sabbatical. It is, I suppose, overdue. So, yeah. yeah. That's exciting. And those two questions have been the big questions uh, that everyone's been asking yeah. me over the past months, getting uh, very close to being away on sabbatical. Yes. Yeah. Well, I'm very excited to hear more. Um, if you want to just start us off on where you're headed. Are you going anywhere? Are you just hanging out for a little bit of relaxation? Yeah, yeah, more of the latter. So mostly just hanging out for more uh, relaxation. So no uh, no special travel plans. I may end up, uh, you know, being here and there. But uh, I've been joking with people uh, uh, that I'm just going to try to stay east of the East River. Uh, I feel like the there's been a lot of commuting and a lot of back and forth, so I'm really excited to just not uh, have the swing through Manhattan uh, f- five or six days a week uh, on my on my schedule, so very excited about that. Good. I'm very glad that you're going to finally be able to not have to travel quite as much, but Maybe you'll take a couple of trips with the girls or something around the city. Yeah, yeah, I hope yeah. so. My, and my mom's birthday is in September, so we might do a, you know, out to Ohio trip uh, sometime in the fall okay. as well. So, And we have a, we have an annual trip to Ithaca in upstate New York, so we'll definitely make that trip happen this year Good. also. So. Good. Uh, all those free Sundays, though, I don't know, yeah. I could just be all over the place. <laughs> freedom now <laughs> it is it is <laughs> um but you usually commute on your bike right I used to do a lot more bike commuting okay. um the bike lanes in lower Manhattan have just gotten kind of crazy so I, I tend to just ride mm-hmm. um you know in n- closer to home uh mm-hmm. it's a little more relaxing so but I'll be on the bike a lot for sure that'll be that'll be big parts of my my journey in the fall will be uh, r- riding around Brooklyn and Queens, my two favorite boroughs to bike in. <laughs> so if anyone spots Barbara, don't bother. <laughs> oh, that's right, that's right. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, you also mentioned to me that you were going to be doing some more reading while you're away. Yeah, that's. Uh, I've been calling this my rest and read sabbatical when people have asked me. So that's uh, th- there'll be plenty of reading, I think, mm-hmm. uh, on this uh on, on this time off for sure you have it branded you've got your motto <laughs> that's right that's right yeah. rest and read r and i knew i was going to need an answer right uh, yeah. to these questions which you yeah. know have uh, really this month have gotten that a lot so yeah <laughs> i like the alliteration of that too. yeah yeah rest and read yeah well and it's like r and r but you're changing up just that's for right you. just a little bit yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's very fitting i love it <laughs> Um, did you want to share, if you would be so kind, what is on your list? Yeah, so the reading list has also yeah. been sort of a question. Um, Highly and requested. I know you, you, you and I have been talking about that a little bit, Sophia, but lots of folks have been asking me, oh, what are you going to read? Mm-hmm. So 
Um, I was saying I think it will be sort of a surprise to people uh, how little theology is on the list, and maybe they'll be glad about that uh, yeah. in some ways. So uh, because there's no particular project, I feel like I have a lot of lot of freedom to read a lot of different things. Yeah. So um, lots of I, I've been reading a lot of uh, fantasy lately. <laughs> Uh, and some science fiction, so I'll probably stay in that vein for a while. And uh, many folks in the congregation know that I'm a big lover of poetry, so I've been thinking a lot about how much poetry I can read and mm -hmm. how nice that will be to just kind of move around uh, within that. So, mm -hmm. um, so I have a couple of specifics, though, that I'm willing to share. Although I must say, mm -hmm. this is, I think, the third reading list for sabbatical that I've made oh, uh, so <laughs> uh, it could change so again I don't want to you know I don't want to steer anyone in the wrong direction <laughs> and I'll definitely be reading these things but as of right now okay uh, this is what the plan okay. uh, uh, looks like Let's hear it. Um, so uh, there's a really great little uh, series of books by a primarily science fiction writer named mm -hmm. Becky Chambers mm -hmm. Uh, who wrote uh, a book called A Psalm for the Wild Built. Mm -hmm. And then the second one in that series is called A Prayer for the Crown Shy. Mm -hmm. And it's a very interesting premise. Um, the two main characters in these books are a monk, who is a tea monk, who has like a uh, basically like a bicycle cart that they also live in. <laughs> but they ride around to these different communities and basically create what we would call worship space with tea uh, for people. And uh, in the first one of these books, uh, this monk decides that they want to go and see this old abandoned uh, monastery that's in a different part of the uh, landscape. And on that journey, uh, where there are no other sort of humans, they meet this robot uh, named Moscap. And the robot and the monk sort of hit it off, and they end up, uh, well, it takes them a while to hit it off, in fairness. <laughs> <laughs> the monk is not real yeah. excited about, like, this robot coming along for a whole host of reasons that mm -hmm. I won't give away at this point. Um, but they end up having these really wonderful conversations about kind of the purpose of life. Uh, that are just fascinating, and so I'm I'm really excited to read the second one in that series of mm -hmm. uh, a prayer for the crown shy to kind of see what other conversations they they sort of get into. It's a it, it's a, one of those things where it's like this incredibly smart way to talk about theology and philosophy within the yeah. context of this relationship. So I love I'm pretty that. excited I mean, about that. You know that I love fantasy and yeah. anything sci-fi <laughs> with my background, but it, it sounds like very realistic for like our society today too. Oh yeah. It sounds really relatable, which I find really interesting, but it is, um, so the monk and the robot, the monk, you said that there's not a lot of humans in it or... No, not really. I mean, uh, especially not in the first one. The mm -hmm. the monk kind of left the places in their kind of world mm -hmm. where the humans were living and went mm. to the place more where, you know, the, there are more robots there, but they're also kind of tucked away. So it's really mm -hmm. just sort of the two of them mm -hmm. and the environment that they're in. So there's not a lot of other characters kind of coming into their conversations. So okay. that that's also very interesting. So and, it's not it's not set in a certain like year that we would be familiar with. No, no, and I think it's meant to be set like in a completely different planet or okay. something. Although yeah. it's not it's not real clear 
yeah. that that's the case until a little later on. So. Got it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And I actually think this author, uh, that's one of her great gifts in her writing. Her her science fiction uh, series is similar in that way, although you know that you're not on Earth. But mm-hmm. exactly what you said, like she's really able to take like issues that we're thinking about in yeah. today's world and apply them to the story where you're reading along and you're like in this fantasy world and you're like, wait, what did she just do there? <laughs> and so I really like that uh, about her book. So I'm excited. Mm-hmm. And these are short. These are like little novellas. They're like 150 pages. So oh, they're, they're really okay. accessible as well. Oh, that's, that so. sounds like a really easy summer read. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Um, what else do we have on your bed? Well, a couple other things. Um, the next two are a little bit more, um, the first one at least, like v- very theological. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a new book out, and folks may have heard about this. There was an interview with the author on NPR a mm-hmm. couple of weeks ago, I think. It's called, uh, the book is called Rest is Resistance. And um, mm-hmm. it's by uh, uh, Tricia Hersey, who's actually also a poet. Uh, but also is kind of uh, referred to as the Knapp Bishop. So she thinks a lot about, she has this whole ministry called the Knapp Ministry. And uh, Emily Brewer actually first told me about her, and then I happened to see like this book in the bookstore, and I was like, oh, yeah, if I'm doing a rest and read sabbatical, like i got to put yeah. this on the list. So she really talks a lot about, um, it, from what I've read about the book, she talks a lot about sort of uh, womanist perspective and also how capitalism and white supremacy kind of drive that need to be working all the time Mm -hmm. and what it means to kind of pull back and really rest as a way to kind of disrupt those patterns. So Mm -hmm. uh, I'm excited to to see kind of how she does that and what what happens with that. So that should be, uh, that should be really fun. That's great. Yeah, it's so funny. Emily and I were just talking about how we, we were going over something that's going to be in the bulletin. We won't talk about it too much, but we were going over how... I, I was saying, like, oh, like, this, this sabbatical is well-earned. And she was like, no. No, it's not. That's, it's not something you need to earn. It's commanded. And I was like, you're absolutely right. Thank you. Right, right. <laughs> but I, I love that, that idea that she's going with. It's, it, it's, it makes sense. It's very fitting. Yeah, yeah. And so I think it's a great, uh, you know, it's great timing for me to be thinking about that. Yeah. And, uh, very curious to see sort of what yeah. that what that's like, and then another book that's c- kind of um, not not quite in that rest vein, but just kind of a little bit more. Uh, it's more, I guess, kind of oriented toward uh, nature, but really made me think a lot about rest, and that's uh, a newer book called Darkness Manifesto, mm-hmm. and it has a lot to do with how uh, light pollution really disrupts kind of our, our rhythms. And mm-hmm. I've been really interested in the whole sort of idea of darkness and how we talk about darkness theologically. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in theology, we have a lot of contrast between dark and light. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we were just studying in Coffee and Theology a couple of weeks ago about darkness and talking about how when God created in our like creation story in Genesis 1, the first of those creation stories that even the darkness is said to be good. Mm-hmm. And so how, how do we kind of think about that? And how does all the light that we're around, especially here in this big, you know, urban uh, setting of New York City, kind of disrupt some of our patterns of rest mm-hmm. and other things? So um, not quite sure. Uh, that, that book is uh, translated. Uh, it's a, 
Swedish uh, conservationist oh, okay. who wrote that. So I, I'm curious to kind of see uh, what that perspective is like. I Should love, be fascinating. I love those themes of like dark and light because I do some writing not very well. Uh, and a lot of those themes are about like dark and light and how like, why do we think darkness is always evil, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's always written like, oh, the darkness was creeping in. It's like, is it creeping? Is it really that bad? So right. I'm I'm curious about that as well. But that sounds much more. Is it much more about like our environment? Yeah, yeah, okay. much more about sort kind of environment I and see. environmental yeah. concerns around yeah. that. So I'll be kind of thinking about oh, who's doing you know theology around that? Mm-hmm. And I think it's important theologically too with our you know our church's work on the history project and mm-hmm. our own anti-racism work mm-hmm. uh, just to kind of think about those kinds of themes yes. as well so Absolutely. but I don't know you know those two books in particular could end up uh, being later on in the sabbatical because mm-hmm. um, you know they sound like they will take a little bit more thinking work mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> save it for revving back up that's today. right <laughs> that's right I think that's a good schedule to have right. yeah I think so Oh my goodness. All right. Um, And then next up on your list, are we heading more into the poetry section? Heading a little bit more into the poetry section. Yeah. So um, one of the, one of the first things that I've been thinking about uh, is a a little group of books uh, by a poet named Ross Gay, Mm -hmm. um, who has a couple of great uh, poetry collections, but these are actually little essay collections. Um, He started off uh, a couple of years ago, wrote a book called The Book of Delights, which mm-hmm. is kind of like daily gratitudes that he wrote, sort of short essays around. And then he has a newer book out uh, called Inciting Joy, mm-hmm. uh, which is similar. And I'm pretty excited about that because I was reading the just kind of the beginning introduction of that. And, and that, I think, will make a little imp- appearance in this coming Sunday sermon, as a matter of fact. So oh, we uh, get re- a little preview. really <laughs> liked what he was talking about in relation to joy and how mm-hmm. we, you know, just ha- how we seek joy in our lives mm-hmm. and where we look for that, but also that sometimes we focus too much on only having joy. Mm-hmm. And so how kind of the, the flip of that makes things even more joyful. When mm-hmm. we also have pain, there's also joy, but the ways that they're kind of connected. So, right. um as sort of only a poet can do. So right. <laughs> uh, I'll share some of his words uh, as well in the sermon on, oh, on Sunday. Very also, good. So. I'm excited. Yeah, don't, yeah. don't spoil too much. No, but... no. <laughs> no, no. We've got to, you know, got to get people to come to, <laughs> to church on Sunday or tune in. Tune <laughs> in. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. All right. And then I have a couple other uh, just kind of po- poet summer sort of, you know, favorites that I'm thinking about right now. Uh, one is Ted Kuzer, who mm-hmm. folks may know. Um, he was a poet laureate a number of years ago, and I think he won the Pulitzer for Shadows and Delights was one of his mm-hmm. poetry collections. But I really got into reading him a lot recently mm-hmm. uh, because a, um, a mentor of mine around some poetry was talking about uh, some of his uh, pieces that he uh, wrote that were kind of getting himself back into writing. Uh, I have a a teacher who I talk about with, uh, you know, like a daily writing practice. And Mm -hmm. Kuzer uh, had a cancer diagnosis and went through treatment and then was having trouble writing again. So he has a good friend uh, named Jim Harrison who he was, 
you know, talking about like, well, how can I get writing again? And so he ended up writing his friend like little postcards every morning, which were basically like short little poems. And it's called Winter Morning Walks. And they're kind of embedded in some of his poetry collections. But that's what really got me into his writing. But he he really, he does a lot of different things with his poetry. So I really, really love his work and have read a couple of his collections. But I'm looking forward to reading a few more. I thought maybe I'd share one of the Winter Morning Walk poems yes, if you wanted. I'd love to hear it. Um, this one's from... Uh, March 11th of whatever year that was and he says the sky is a pale yellow this morning like the skin of an onion and here at the center under layer upon layer of brooding and ferment a poet and cupped in his hands the green shoot of one word oh. so what is that one word <laughs> That's the question. <laughs> but just like that, like, he's so succinct, right? Yeah. But he does so much with so few words. Yeah. Um, and so few, kind of short, short phrases, mm -hmm. uh, the way he kind of lays out the poem. So he does a lot of really interesting things with, with not much, not a lot of language. Right? Yeah, so. and even though it's so short, there's, like, so much imagery there. Yeah. Like, you're, you're really picturing it, like... I love that. That's beautiful. Yeah. Now, now I'm gonna have to go find his books. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, that's right. Yeah, he has some really, some really great ones. So, uh, lots of good, lots of good stuff in that's there. That's beautiful. And then, you know, some of the poetry I'll be reading will be connected to things that will be going on here. Mm -hmm. um, Michael and Greg, I know, are talking uh, with the rest of the team about a series on the Psalms mm -hmm. uh, in October. Yeah. And that's going to be really exciting, uh, I think, and r really interesting for them and for the whole congregation. Mm -hmm. So I'll, they're picking, I think, some favorite psalms, mm -hmm. sort of the best of sort of series. But <laughs> I'll probably read through uh, the psalms again, all of them, uh, <laughs> at least once or twice, and go back through and like pick some of my favorites and, you know, reread those. So yeah. I've got a little uh, book that's... Um, published from the Jewish Publication Society. Okay. It's just the Psalms, and it will fit in my coat pocket, so I will probably carry that one around <laughs> so just when it whenever, gets a little colder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my goodness, yeah. It's going to turn into into Advent season, and you're going to be oh. going through your Psalms. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Do you have a favorite psalm, just, like, off the top of your head? Oh, yeah. I always pick uh, one I mentioned, actually, in Coffee and Theology, I think, mm -hmm. this past week. Um, but I always pick Psalm 29, okay. uh, which is a creation psalm. Mm -hmm. And it talks about, you know, the voice of the Lord being over the waters and mm -hmm. the voice of the Lord being really what conjured up all of creation. That's probably one of my favorites that I go back to over and over again. And I've got a few others in there, mm -hmm. but that one, that one in particular is always one that I, when I, when I have the Psalms open, I always kind of flip to that one, make sure yeah. I read through that one. So. <laughs> make sure it's still there. Okay, yeah. <laughs> that's right, that's right. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. I love that. So we're going to be doing the greatest hits here, but you're going to be going over all of them. So we're going to have to have an update on if you have any new favorites, reading it oh, over yeah. again. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited to hear. Absolutely. That's a great idea. That's a great idea. And then I'll just mention one uh, last thing that's kind of in this poetry mm -hmm. uh, world 
but isn't is actually a narrative book, mm-hmm. uh, and that's by also a poet, uh, Camille Dungy, who mm-hmm. has a recent book called Soil mm-hmm. that some folks here in the congregation may have heard of because we've been using it for the prayer writing series that we're doing this month. And uh, I just have really, I need to finish it. I, I've been telling the prayer writing group that I've been just kind of savoring it. Like, mm-hmm. I'll read a little bit of it and then I'll put it down because she's just doing so much amazing uh, work in that book. Mm-hmm. She's talking about uh, her and her family's move to Fort Collins in Colorado. Mm-hmm. And she decides that in the landscaping kind of around their home, she's going to basically create a native garden. So she's really talking a lot about gardening, and if there's any gardeners kind of listening in, uh, Mm -hmm. it's a fantastic book about that. But she also weaves in a lot about poetry, uh, about kind of different classics within kind of the literature around nature poetry in Mm -hmm. particular, uh, and and asks some really insightful questions around uh, race, uh, around family, like what what does it mean that a lot of our literature around what it means to be in nature, we seem to be alone, mm-hmm. and what does it mean to be in relationship with kind of our gardens as a community? Uh, how is that different? Um, mm-hmm. And she is, I, I, I believe, uh, if my memory is right from something I read recently, that she's a Presbyterian, mm-hmm. or at least was attending Presbyterian churches, mm-hmm. And so she has a, there's just, it's just loaded with theology in lots of different ways. Mm -hmm. So she talks about different things about hope and like her understanding of the creation story and how she's trying to pass the theology down to her daughter. Uh, It's really, really great book. So I'm excited to, that'll probably be one of the earlier things Mm -hmm. that I actually just, you know, sit in the morning and read that for a little longer um, when yeah. I don't have to get up and go to the train and do all that <laughs> right. stuff. <laughs> um, what do you think are some of the topics from soil that came up the most in prayer writing that people are focusing on and were inspired by? Yeah, yeah. So um, what I usually do with prayer writing is kind of p- pick out some little sections of mm. the book, and then I match that with the scripture reading. Mm. And then we have some prompts. We do lists first, and mm-hmm. then we do some free writing uh, and then we do prayer writing kind of at the very end. Uh, so I, I skewed their their interaction with the book a little bit <laughs> by the topics that I picked. Right, right. Um, but she actually does, I think because she's so focused on this communal aspect of how we relate to, to nature, or in this mm-hmm. case, like her garden, uh, she does a lot about neighbors. Like, mm-hmm. what does it mean to be someone's neighbor? And really you know, really kind of pulling on that theological idea of, like, who who is our neighbor, like, mm-hmm. Jesus' parable of the Good Samaritan, and so we did that a couple of times, and uh, this week we're finishing that series uh, mm-hmm. that will be, we're going to talk about hope, she has mm-hmm. some interesting things about hope mm-hmm. in relation to the garden, so, um, but she just picks up on all kinds of fascinating uh, theological topics yeah. in there, for sure, but community is a big one for right. her. Did Mr. Rogers ever come up? <laughs> oh, yeah. No, not yet, but I'll have to see. Yeah. <laughs> I hope to hear some Mr. Roger reports. <laughs> that's right, that's right. <laughs> Another wonderful presbyterian. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right, and then you have one more. Oh, yeah, just one more. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is someone who I've been uh, 
you know, I kind of come across little bits and pieces, and that's Natasha Trethaway, uh, who was also one of the U.S. Poet Laureates. Um, mm. I was a Poet Laureate of Mississippi, uh, and has written not only a number of really fantastic poetry collections, but a memoir, mm. uh, has written some follow-up uh, kind of nonfiction uh, after Katrina went through mm -hmm. uh, the South and New Orleans in particular. And so I'm excited to read a little bit more of her body of poetry. Mm -hmm. uh, Bob Dunham, when he was here, I think had kind of mentioned a couple. We had we used to share a lot of poems. He and I both read a lot of poetry. So mm -hmm. he'd shared a couple things with me, uh, but I never really just sat down and really read her work. So I'm excited about that. That'll be somebody kind of new mm -hmm. uh, to me. And I, I like to sort of go through and read the, the poet laureates of mm -hmm. the U.S. tend to be like a good... I find those to be good, like, starting place. Right. I tend to read the women's voices in there. Uh, but mm -hmm. as I mentioned, Ted Kuzer is also in there, so there'll be a couple others as well. But um, the most recent women poet laureates, Ada Lamone and Joy Harjo, are mm -hmm. folks that I've read, like, a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, so Natasha Trethway is, like, the next one down the list. Okay. Uh, You're making so, your way down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I'll be making my way down the list. Wonderful. So, yeah, yeah. So... With all this poetry, and you mentioned sonnets as well, mm -hmm. do you write any poetry? Oh, yeah. So there's a there's a good question. A, a little bit, yeah. Okay. Uh, and just recently, you know, I've always, I've been a writer kind of mm -hmm. my whole life. I used to, you know, lay on the grass when I was a kid and fill up like spiral bound notebooks with, you know, mystery stories <laughs> about, you know, kids running around, you mm -hmm. know, trying to solve uh, mysteries. Uh, I loved writing those, um, mm. and I have a, an older series before that of you know Super Kitten. That was my Super that was my like first and second grade you know project. Uh, sp spilled a lot of ink on Super Kitten uh, in those years, and so I dabble with all kinds of writing. And really, until the last couple of years, I never really wrote much poetry. I never mm. thought that it was like a genre that I was very mm -hmm. interested in writing. I've always loved reading it, mm -hmm. but not writing. But yeah, no, so I do I do write a, a little bit of poetry here and there. So, so would you yeah. ever share any someday? I, I might be willing to do that at some point, yeah. So yeah. Later on when I yeah. get back. <laughs> my big hope is that, you know, I'll not only get into a reading practice, but a little bit more of a writing practice mm -hmm. while I'm away again. I've done all kinds of things, you know, following Julia Cameron's The mm -hmm. Artist Way and doing morning pages. Mm -hmm. and But I've really, I haven't found that to be a good rhythm for me recently. So mm -hmm. part of what I'm hoping to kind of find is what is that writing rhythm uh, mm -hmm. look like? So, yeah. So I'm glad you'll have some time to... You, you were also a writer, though, right? Kind of. Oh, <laughs> I've worked on several small projects, a lot of, like, script writing, uh -huh. a lot of the fantastical ideas that we've been going over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very much along the lines of Super Kitten. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I also play Dungeons & Dragons. Oh, of course. Which yeah, yeah. has a lot of writing. Yeah. Um, which, if those who don't know Dungeons & Dragons, it's basically an improvisation game mm -hmm. um, that's played with dice. Yeah. But it's you have a story behind it that you lead your friends through. Oh, yeah. So that's a lot of writing. Mine is a lot of historical fiction. Uh -huh. um, I'm researching a lot on the 1880s right now. Oh, wow. So it's a lot of research. I never was a history person, <laughs> so it's really surprising to me. But now I have 
such an appreciation for history. Oh, wow. It really kind of brought it back out of me, and now I'm just, like, reading history books, and I never would have pictured myself doing that. Oh, wow, that's great. <laughs> but, that's yeah, great. I, I definitely dabble as much that's as good. I can. Yeah, yeah, no, that's great. And it's yeah. funny how that kind of brings out, like, those connections that yeah. you don't expect. I, yeah. I always think that's fascinating, yeah. whatever those are. So. <laughs> <laughs> whatever, like, brings you into a space of creativity, I think is great. You yeah. know, like, so many people are like, oh, I could never write. I could never do art. But, like, once you sit down and, like, just have the time even or something that sparks inspiration like that then I feel like you can really get on a roll something important to me when I was writing at first was just pretending like it was going nowhere Mm -hmm. like I would just write something down I'd be like this doesn't matter where it goes and some of that stuff is like what I still use today and just imagine like no one's going to read this it doesn't matter and once it is done and then I actually edit it then it's like something that I actually like going back to read. So that's that's my writing process, at least, that yeah. got me to break out of the fear of writing. So. Yeah, it's always kind of fascinating how that works, I think. And we, you know, one of the things that reminds me of is prayer writing, right? We, yeah. We're very intentional to kind of let people know, like, you don't have to share any of your right. writing with the group. And I actually think that's been a great part of the process. Mm-hmm. We, you know, we chat, that's a little 20 minute class mm-hmm. and we chat for like two or three minutes at the beginning while everyone's coming in. Right. But we, we don't share any of our writing back with each other. It's just kind of a, a space where we're trying to just create some room for that creativity that you're talking mm-hmm. about. Um, and I've been really excited and pleased to hear back from people like how much just having that space has meant to them and how much getting into that process has been such a great way to start their day. So I think there's a lot to be said for that, as you're saying, like just being able to to get in that space Mm -hmm. and let your mind kind of be in that creative energy a little bit. So, yeah, so that's kind of what I'm hoping for for the sabbatical as well. So just have a little little more of that to be able to feed it, you know, day after day should be very fascinating to see. I'm very excited to hear about it if you want to share when you return. Yeah, yeah. So Um, That's wonderful. And also to note, prayer writing, since we were just discussing it, will be continuing for a little bit after you're away, which is Yeah, that's helpful. right. They'll take August and September off, mm-hmm. uh, but then they are going to meet uh, in October, and anyone's welcome to join that mm-hmm. group. We'll have the Zoom link and everything yeah. for everyone. So yeah, so that'll be continuing, and mm-hmm. uh, we have a really great program set up for the fall. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm, you know... Again, I'm excited about my sabbatical, but I'm kind of sorry I'm going to miss some of these speakers. They're I know. really going to be uh, fantastic. Uh, Bible study on Wednesdays will be mm-hmm. continuing, um, and that'll start up again in September, mm-hmm. uh, and you'll be sharing with the congregation yeah. all of those dates. And we have a really fantastic uh, person coming to teach uh, in September, October, November while on the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a doctoral student at Union Theological Seminary, mm-hmm. and his name is... Uh, Tony Amori Alcori, mm-hmm. and uh, I've met with him. We, we've talked a lot about kind of the group, and uh, he's really excited to be here and to be teaching. I think uh, I think the group is really going to enjoy him. And uh, he grew up in Syria, so mm-hmm. he has a you know is bringing a little bit of that perspective into things as well, right. and um, is studying more in kind of the the practical or religious education uh, field at Union. So mm-hmm. studying with Mary Boys up there, so okay. that would be great. And then there's a number of uh, lay leaders who are teaching a little bit of coffee and theology, which mm-hmm. is a Sunday morning series. So David Poltz is going to do a couple mm-hmm. sessions in September. Uh, but then in October, early November, we have uh, a treat as well, another outside speaker, 
uh, Dr. Alan Cooper, who's at Jew Jewish Theological Seminary, uh, is coming, and he's going to teach on the Psalms, mm -hmm. and he's going to try to layer in about the same Psalms that, that um, the preaching series is on in October. He'll just be kind of running about a week behind mm -hmm. on those, uh, which will give us a nice you know, make some nice connectors yeah. there. Um, and Dr. Cooper actually was one of my professors when I was there. Really? Um, okay. I had a class with him, I think maybe now on the Psalms. Uh, oh my gosh. And so <laughs> it was so funny because when I emailed him to see if he would come, he was like, oh yeah, you asked me before. And I was like, oh, that must have been like 20 years ago now. Um, that I, right after I graduated and came here, you know, I invited him down to teach. Um, but I, I thought he was one of the best teachers I had ever had. So I'm excited for folks to get to, to meet him. And then um, in November, we have a couple more uh, sessions. Uh, Nusheen Framke, who's one of our mm -hmm. members, is going to uh, lead one of the November uh, sessions about the Doctrine of Discovery. Okay. And then uh, Suzanne Mex, uh, who's one of the co-chairs of our Facing Racism Action Group, mm -hmm. is going to do some follow-up with some of the work that's been going on with the History Project. So we've got a great lineup. You know, yeah. everything will kind of be you know, running as normal, and I'm excited to hear all about it, yeah. you know, when I get back, uh, so I'm due back December 1st, right. uh, which will be uh, just in time for Advent, and the Tartan Fair, and all the December uh, activity, but you have some plans for the podcast while I'm away as well. Yes, so. we will be continuing the podcast, um, definitely a lot along the lines of what we started with in the first episode, just kind of going over big questions that might come up. It might be hosted by um, some of our staff members, potentially Emily and Greg. Um, we also, I've been talking with Jenny a little bit, um, who is our youth uh, family ministries director. And we've been talking about maybe having a few guest speakers come in from the youth group. That would be awesome. Um, so I'm really excited for that. So hopefully we get something like that off the ground before you come back so we have something to show you. That would be great. <laughs> um, otherwise, a couple of series ideas that mm. we might dabble with, more when you get back probably, right, that right. I'm very excited about is discussing a little bit about spirituality and Christianity in the media and what anyone on our staff, what you would think about it through the lens of the church. Mm -hmm. So I would be really curious to hear about a few even films, a lot of books as well, just like what, what do they mean? How do they compare? Are they comparable? And if they follow along with like the actual... Bible stories that they might be playing off of. Um, I'm very excited for that one. And one other that I am very excited about is, I'm excited for all of them. Um, <laughs> but I think I know which one you're going to say. Yeah, you know which one. <laughs> um, I'm really curious about the non-canonical books of the Bible, because I never was told about them growing up in Sunday school. That's not something that we ever talked about. So things like the book of Judas... Um, the, oh, what was the other one? Oh, um, the Nativity of Mary, which mm. I never heard about. Uh -huh. And another, Bell and the Dragon, oh, which sounds yeah. like something that would be on your reading list or something. <laughs> that's right, that's right, yeah, <laughs> but yeah. But 
just a few of those that yeah, yeah. I and some hear. of the, that last one is mm-hmm. what, what we call apocryphal right okay. so it's in the apocrypha yes. in between mm-hmm. uh, but yeah those other ones kind of sit outside the canon and there's lo- there's lots of other ones as well that would kind of fall yeah. into that so and that's interesting because that's also been coming up uh, both within Bible study and coffee and theology mm-hmm. there's been some real interest about that in part I think because we've been talking so much about like how the scriptures came together and yes. how the whole you know how the whole creation of the canon happened so mm-hmm. there's suddenly been like a lot of questions about wait what about these things that are outside of it so yeah, yeah that would be fun and I think would be really connective with some of the things that we're doing and yeah. uh, some of the other uh, series as well so it'd be great <laughs> I'm very excited yeah. um, so if any of those listening would have any ideas or big questions that we've been talking about um, lately um, you can always click the link in the description of this podcast or go to fpcnyc.org slash podcast um, or you can email me which is in the description as well um, but I'm very excited for all that we have planned, and I'm very excited that you get to go on your sabbatical as well. Yeah, thanks, Sophia. I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, sharing out when I get back uh, more about what I actually did read <laughs> uh, and what, uh, what I kind of uh, found on my, my rest and reading uh, sabbatical. So more to share in four months. I'll be back. Thank you so much. Thanks, Sophia, and thanks, everyone. Have a great rest of the day. Bye-bye.